The Bible Study Podcast, episode 628. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Nehemiah with chapter 8. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I am excited to get to chapter 8 just because it is not a list chapter, and I'm looking for a break. Nehemiah chapter 8. We're going to start this with the last verse of Nehemiah 7, because remember, I kept that for this particular part, because that's when this section starts. Ezra reads the law. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hikiah, and Maseah, and on his left were Padiah, Mishael, Halkajah, Hashmum, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them, and as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, their great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen. Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Benai, Zerubiah, Jamim, Akub, Shabbatai, Hudiah, Maseiah, Kalita, Azariah, Jozabad, Hanan, and Peliah instructed the people of God while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of the food, and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. On the second day of the month, the heads of all the families, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered around Ezra the teacher to give attention to the words of the law. They found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded through Moses, that the Israelites were to live in temporary shelters during the festival of the seventh month, and that they should proclaim his this word and spread it throughout their towns and in Jerusalem. Go out into the hill country and bring back branches from olive and wild olive trees and from myrtles, 
palms and shade trees to make temporary shelters, as it is written. So the people went out and brought back branches and built themselves temporary shelters on their own roofs, in their courtyards, in the houses of the God of Israel, and in the square by the water gate, and the one by the gate of Ephraim. The whole company that had returned from exile built temporary shelters and lived in them. From the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated it like this, and their joy was very great. Day after day, from the first day to the last, Ezra read the book of the law of God. They celebrated the festival for seven days, and on the eighth day, in accordance with regulation, there was an assembly. And so again, I think Nehemiah is wrapping things up as he gets ready to go back to the king of Persia, as he gets ready to go back to the capital city. And so one of the things they want to do is they want to bring out again the book of the law. And again, there are four times that I can think of where something like this happens in the Old Testament. The first time when the law is originally given, the second time in Deuteronomy, which is basically the second telling, the telling again to the new generation, with the old generation having dropped dead in the wilderness. And then also when Josiah the Reformer finds the book of the law, or they find the book of the law during his reign, and they read it to the people, and the people tear their clothes and realize that they haven't been following it. And then here, again, where we're coming back again as a nation. So it's not just about the wall, and it's not just about the temple. Those were important things. Those were the things that got Nehemiah here. But we're also kind of reestablishing whose we are. Last time we talked about who we are, and there was all of the lists of who people were. We had a, a little list in, in this one. You know, who was of what lineage and what did their grandfather do or their great-grandfather or whatever. But this is really about whose we are. And we're God's people, and one of the things that makes them God's people is this law, this way of behaving differently. And while we are not meant to be legalistic, we're supposed to be children of the gospel and not children of the law, hopefully also when people see us, they should see us behaving differently. Uh, in these days, I can think of you know a couple things like uh, having a fondness for the truth would be pretty good because there seems to be a lot of untruth out there. And as Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Some, some fondness for that, that is one of the Ten Commandments, not bearing false witness, would be a good start, for instance. But there are a lot of other ways. Just how do we behave towards people? How compassionate are we for those who don't have power? for the poor, for the stranger, all of those things that the Old Testament prophets talked about, God hasn't changed his mind. Those are still things that are precious to him. How we care for the widows, the orphans, and the stranger. How we care for the outcast, how we care for the outsider, are still things that are on the heart of God and ought to characterize us. And so some of what we are hearing here, as the people are listening to the law, they're getting sad because they're knowing they don't measure up, right? They're knowing that they've been away from this, probably many of them. They haven't necessarily kept up their religion while they've been in exile. They're hearing this, apparently, some of them for the first time. Because of their reaction, I say that. They, they're surprised by what they hear. You know, we would be, if you've been going to church for a long time, it would be rare probably that you go into a church service if you've been going for years or decades, and they say something that it strikes you as, I've never heard that before, unless it's the Holy Spirit breathing life into those words because you're in a different place. But I mean, 
you probably know the books, you probably know the sort of things you would find in them, they're hearing new things. They're hearing things they didn't expect or they didn't know what was in here. And so they make this a big deal. They build this special platform that Ezra can stand up on. And it's interesting that he's reading the law, but then right next to him are all these other people who are explaining it as he goes, which is interesting. They're doing kind of what we're trying to do here, which is don't just read it, but try and see if you can understand it. And so it's not just Ezra reading from morning till night, but it's Ezra reading something. And then apparently, and I don't know if they're taking turns or if they're one is doing one portion here, if we're doing small groups, we don't really know how they're explaining it, but we know that other people are involved in making sure that people understand what that means understand what it means to follow the law of God and understands what that particular law means in your life. Um, and that's certainly one of the things that we try and do here, or I'm trying to do here. And it's important for us to do that with each other, uh, to study the book of the law, to study the book, to study the Bible together uh, so that we get a better understanding of it. And that's what they're doing here. And it's interesting, just from the bigger beginning, it has a good beginning. He stands up, and everybody stands up as he opens the book. Um, and then, you know, amen, amen, which means, as you said, basically, uh, as, let it be. And they all bow down and they worship. Now, this is a good time for them to remember God because they've just completed this great work. They've completed this great work with God's help. In, was it 53, 54 days, they finished rebuilding the wall here. And they did it together, and they did it as God's people. And so this is a very special time. As the people keep saying, you know, no, don't worry about this. This is a time of joy. You know, I know you're going to hear the law. You're going to hear some things that were done wrong. But this is a time of joy. This is a holy day. Don't mourn or weep. This is a celebration. And I think it's interesting that one of the first things they do is they're reading through the book, and they go, hey, this is supposed to be that festival. This is supposed to be that festival where we live in booths. And so that would be the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles or the Sukkot. And this is to remember the time they spent in the wilderness. And it says they've never celebrated it in all of the time, even since Joshua, even since they got to the Promised Land, they've never had the, the kind of celebration they have now with joy. And I have friends who are Jewish who talk about this being one of their favorite festivals that's still celebrated today, and that they like this festival where you're living in, in booths and things like that to remember those days. And it is a day of celebration versus, for instance, Yom Kippur or some of these days of of more atonement. This is a celebration, and so they are celebrating this. And they go out and they celebrate with having a feast and also remembering those who don't have a feast. So even in the midst of this, there is that heart of God thing for remembering those who don't have. And so they celebrate. So they celebrate this festival as they reestablish, basically, what Israel is and what Israel will be and and celebrate this festival of the tabernacles. And day after day, they're reading the law and they're learning more and more. And finally, they end with an assembly. And we'll talk more about the assembly next week as we get to Nehemiah 9. And that's where we're going to deal with some of the things that we heard that may have caused us to mourn because we realized we fell short. So what do you do with that? We'll talk about that next week.
With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.